financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. And we are talking, I think the thing that's on everybody's minds right now, everyone that I've talked to has been talking about student loan forgiveness and whether they're for it or against it and how to do it, all of that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it'll make your hair hurt. You know, if, if you thought going to college was tough, <laughs> try and figure out your student loan forgiveness situation. Yeah, and I think everyone's, I don't know, it seems like everyone's pretty divided on this, as most people are with everything these days. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you have these student loans and you're expecting them to be forgiven, you know, you're for it. Who doesn't want money to be forgiven? But if you don't have them or if you've paid them off or if you've been like some of the clients that I've talked to who were told they would qualify and then after making 10 years of payments, they didn't qualify because some lender sold their loans to the wrong place and now they weren't the right kinds of loans and their only choices were, do I file a suit or do I just suck it up and pay this stuff? That's got a sting right now. Right? Yeah, and I think that you've said this before in previous shows, like, this doesn't just go away. Someone is picking up the tab on this, and it's taxpayers. Yeah, yeah. So that's a talk about a can of worms. Mm-hmm. There, there it is, the crux, right? Yeah. We tend to refer to the government like they were some separate entity, mm-hmm. and taxpayers like they were someone else. So you might be getting your $20,000 of loan forgiveness, but your taxes might go up because you are a taxpayer, too. Right. <laughs> Right. So where is this money coming from and going to, you know, charts and easels? They got more stuff than Ross Perot had, you know. <laughs> and it, it's still, <laughs> I don't know why he came to mind, but charts and easels did it for me. But it's always this weird shift. Like one of the things that is in conflict right now or is controversial is, was this enough or is it too much? Mm-hmm. So, you know, has this been just enough forgiveness to increase our deficit, but not really help the students? We don't know. Well, and also, I think we've talked about this before, too. It's not really fixing the problem. There was a really good post I wanted to read uh, to you from a friend of mine and just get your thoughts on it. Sure. If we have a minute. So she says, this is wonderful news for the current student loan crisis and terrible news for those of us that have paid off our loans. Let me unpack that. I've been working 30 to 40 hour weeks since I was 14 years old. Now, at 34, I only work one to two jobs. Prior to that, I worked a full-time job all throughout college and two to three jobs until the age of, well, now. I paid off $110,000 in student loans by buckling down and giving away extra ounce of money I had for my student loan deficit. I started in 2006 when I entered college, paying the interest, and at one point had to defer and then continued to pay my loans until the age of 32. How did I do it? Sacrifice of starting a life immediately. It means I didn't go out with my friends all the time. It means I worked six to seven days a week, sometimes 18-hour days. I didn't buy a fancy car. I didn't purchase designer handbag or that designer X, Y, or Z. I couldn't even afford to really purchase quality protein like meat or fish as anything couldn't save the 20% suggested for my paycheck to build a savings. I definitely couldn't do that. How does this fix the problem moving forward? for our future college students. I did the responsible thing and worked endlessly to pay off loans. This is a Band-Aid fix and not a solution to the root problem. Mm. Thoughts? Wow. Do you know what she studies? What her degree is in? I believe it was in communications and journalism. Uh, Interesting. So I think that she just wrote to you in a very articulate way about what a lot of people are feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have to agree on one side. I mean, that's what I was just saying. Is this enough or is this a 
I mean, I hate to say it's a political ploy because obviously it has some far-reaching effects for people, but the timing is interesting here in the midterms and, you know, midterm elections and 10 to $20,000, I haven't seen yet really are they going to recalculate their payments based on what loans were, for, what amount was forgiven, or are they just going to say, okay, that's off the table, so you only have to pay that much less. So, there, and there are some guidelines about some a rule that they are proposing now, which we can talk about, but let's go back here for a minute because that's that post was great. The first thing that got me when she was talking about the dollars she repaid and how she repaid them mm-hmm. is that she, in fact, says she had to sacrifice. She had to not go out with her friends. She had to do that. That That is what got me started in trying to find a solution for student loan debt. I think it was 2012. I was reading an article. A whole, a whole magazine was uh, dedicated mm-hmm. to student loans and the problem with it. And what I was reading were these staggering statistics that showed from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which has now been pretty much stripped of any power. They had done these great studies, and it had shown that students were delaying their lives four years on average. Mm-hmm. They, weren't, they weren't hitting life markers. They weren't having babies. They weren't buying houses. They weren't starting businesses. Four years of a delay. Do you know what that costs when you extrapolate that towards the future? So, so that was the first thing. And the second thing was that parents, people 65 and over, were still paying their own student loans wow. and their kids' loans. And that was affecting retirement. So now they are not retiring. They're doing what we call unretiring. Mm-hmm. They're mortgaging their house or refinancing their house to pay this stuff off. They're taking a second job sometimes. And they're still paying these student loans. Right. By the way, some parent plus loans will be included in this, but they have to be the right kind, so they might have to consolidate them into the right kind of loan. So you can look up on the web and see what kind of details there are. But but here's the thing. I think she, I mean, she just spoke mouthfuls of what has happened. And so is she eligible for any kind of refund? I doubt it. I, you know, there's nothing that I've read that says that she's eligible for a refund because she did the right thing and well, maybe not the right thing, but the responsible thing that she chose to do and work hard and pay her loans off because she didn't expect there to be any kind of forgiveness. Right. But, you know, at some point, you got to draw the line somewhere. It seems to me that there could be something. I don't know what it would be, but maybe even, so let's think about maybe a tax credit. If you paid your student loans off in full and there's a tax hike, maybe you can prove that and you don't have to pay those increased taxes. Maybe there's something that could be done to make it a little fairer for people who did really work hard and pay off debt. Personally, I mean, I feel terrible for, you know, people who thought their loans were going to be forgiven and then for whatever reason weren't forgiven and the interest had accrued all those years and then they ended up owing two or three times what their loans were in the beginning. Um, under this, these temporary guidelines where they pause your payment, they're not charging you interest, which is why I said some people are using it to pay down the principal. But, you know, it's, I think I was well in agreement with the public service loan forgiveness stuff because it was meant to help people who were working in an area that might help us as a society, right? Okay. You, you're building bridges, you're working as a nurse, you're, you know, you're working for a town government job, you're not getting paid all all that much, whatever. So part of your sort of perks, part of your benefits were that those loans might be forgiven yeah. and they have to be consolidated, be the right kind and all of that. Mm-hmm. But this is just a sweeping, bam, here you go. If you've got federal loans, we're going to forgive it. Now, I often go on a big rant about this, but I'll try and make it short. Is it a broken system? Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't think there's any doubt that it's a broken system. Mm-hmm. But, but why is it broken? And why are we doing this sort of thing where we just say, what we're going to do to fix this is forgive some of your debt? It seems to me that, that there should be something between this black and white divide of we forgive it. For instance, why couldn't we just say across the board, now I mean, everybody's going to say, oh, it would cost so much money. Well, so does this. Why couldn't we say across the board, look, you're not going to pay any interest on your federal loans anymore. We're just going to wipe out the interest. And by the way, we're going to give you a payment that is a percentage of your income. So it's fair across the board. If you make a ton of money, you don't get no benefit. You get a payment that is commensurate with your income. Right. You know, why can't we do things that seem, to me, seem very logical like that? And then on top of all of that, when we look at why is it really broken? Now, maybe this is oversimplistic or naive, and maybe it's just, you know, a little old me. Who am I? What do I know about? What do I know about what's going on for the government and their student debt? But here's what I think is a problem. Not a popular thing to say, I will say, but here is a problem. Okay. You go to college. Mm-hmm. The first thing you do when you try to get into college, if you don't have private payment, is you go talk to the financial aid officer, whose job is to help you find your way into that college if they want you as a student. Right. They introduce you to the different loan programs. They give you direction. They tell you what you can qualify for federal loans. Then you're into parent plus loans. Then you're into private loans, so on and so forth. Okay. You do this. You go to school. You rack up thirty, forty, eighty, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars debt. Something happens and you can't pay it. What? happened to the college. Right. Nothing. They had no repercussions for that, right? There's no skin in the game. Yeah. I understand that colleges are expensive. They have to pay administration, a lot of administration these days, maybe even too much compared to professors. But yeah, okay. Colleges and university education is expensive. But that's like a a throw out phrase. Oh, education is expensive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no kidding. So let me give you an example. Medicare, okay? 60s and 70s when Medicare was being designed and, you know, how were we going to save people who were over 65 or disabled? who couldn't afford health care, the government came up with Medicare. Now, it's way too long a topic to go into, but let me just say that CMS, which is the government agency that is in charge of making sure Medicare works properly, Mm -hmm. governs how much doctors and hospitals can charge if they're going to accept Medicare for certain services. Right. Now, why can't we do that with student loans? Why can't we say, look, if you want your students to get federal aid, you're only going to be able to charge this much tuition. Well, she adds a PS on the end of this, which you've said to me before, and I think this is so smart. Why are we not getting the cost of education lowered? But this is the point that you've made to me before. Somehow basing the cost of a degree off what you'll end up making in the real world and in that profession. Yeah, it's that, that gets tricky, too, because so many people graduate with a degree they don't use. They end up in another profession, whatever. Mm, yeah, true. Um, but, but I just think, you know, I'm sure that I'm not the only one thinking of this. I'm sure that there are politicians who argue all of these points and probably argue them well. But somehow it's not sexy enough to sell in a political soundbite. You know, fair for everybody doesn't sell. But we're going to tax the heck out of the rich. And the poor are going to get the stuff forgiven. Hey, that sounds pretty good. It's really sad. And, and, you know, I don't profess to have the the solution to all of this. But I think think it's not, we're we're already a very divided country. Mm -hmm. I think it's not useful or fruitful to spend our efforts arguing over whether this is fair or not fair since it's a done deal. Right. But I would like to see something that would kind of unify us and say, yes, those people got that forgiven. These people paid it or took another route. And so there's going to be some sort of tax perk or, or exemption or something that will help level it out. So at least everybody feels like they got something. 
But in the um, meantime, if this does apply to you, m- your main point is like keep in mind these dates that are coming up. Otherwise, you're going to end up missing out altogether. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, especially in the public service loan forgiveness stuff, because y- you can always get those loans forgiven if you qualify. But right now, there's these temporary guidelines that make it easier than ever. Mm-hmm. So even if you haven't worked ten years for a non, you know, for a qualifying employer, you should go in and see if you can can register before October 31st because maybe you only have to work two more years someplace else. You could even work for a profit organization right now that doesn't qualify and then go back to work for nonprofit somewhere else and qualify. So the best thing you can do, I think, if you want to know any of this, is just go to studentaid.gov and, you know, dig in, click a link in an article, go to the next article, read up on that. They actually have done a really good job of explaining it there considering what we know so far. All right. If people need help navigating through this, which I can imagine you would, what phone number can they get a hold of you at? Well, I can reach me at 413-773-3333, and I'm happy to help anybody. Yeah. All right. Or go to the website at hugyourmoney.com. I feel like this is definitely a topic we could have a part two on because uh, there's a lot for sure. Well, we'll unpack it as we get new items as well. All right, we will have another edition of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, coming up next Saturday right here on WHMP.